Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by my sponsors, Policy Pack Software, now part of Networks, where you use Group Policy or MDM to remove admin rights, manage and lock down applications, Java, browsers, and mitigate ransomware, plus more. And also brought to you by Numescent, the inventors of the first and only cloud-native container management platform for Windows desktops. And of course, also brought to you by ControlUp, end-to-end digital experience management for the work-from-anywhere era. ControlUp, happy users, happy IT. If you enjoy the show each week, you have these awesome sponsors to thank. And now for some news. Another month, another Patch Tuesday. And this Patch Tuesday saw 68 flaws within Windows fixed. 11 of the 68 vulnerabilities fixed in this week's updates are classified as critical as they allow privilege escalation, spoofing, or remote code execution, one of the most severe types of vulnerabilities. A complete rundown of the types of vulnerabilities includes 27 elevation of privilege vulnerabilities, 4 security feature bypass vulnerabilities, 16 remote code execution vulnerabilities, 11 information disclosure vulnerabilities, 6 denial of service vulnerabilities, and 3 spoofing vulnerabilities. And this list does not include the two OpenSSL vulnerabilities that were disclosed on November 2nd and covered in a previous episode of the podcast. Microsoft have also released Windows 10 KB5019959 and 5019966. And those are cumulative updates for Windows 10 versions 22H2, 21H2, 21H1, and 18.09 to fix security vulnerabilities and resolve 20 bugs and performance issues. These updates are not available for Windows 10 19.09 or Windows 10 20.04. The Windows 10 cumulative updates is mandatory and will automatically be installed by Windows updates during your servicing window. However, Windows users can also manually install the updates by just going to settings and clicking on Windows update and check for updates. BeepaComputer.com reports this month's Patch Tuesday fixes six actively exploited zero-day vulnerabilities, with one being publicly disclosed. The six zero-day vulnerabilities range across Exchange Server, Windows CNG, and unfortunately, once again, the Windows Printer Spooler, with the latter listed as CVE-2022-41073, and this is an elevation of privilege vulnerability within the Print Spooler, and it was discovered by Microsoft Threat Intelligence Center. They say that an attacker who successfully exploits this vulnerability could gain system privileges. As usual, expect news of issues relating to these patches being covered on next week's episode. And also, of course, other vendors have also released their own patches in line with Patch Tuesday this week too, including the likes of Google, Intel, Cisco, Apple, and Citrix. And speaking of those other vendors patching, Citrix published a Citrix Gateway and Citrix ADC security bulletin for CVE-2022-27510 and CVE-2022-27513, as well as 27516. 
They revealed that vulnerabilities have been discovered in Citrix Gateway and Citrix ADC, and they note that only appliances that are operating as a gateway are affected by this first issue, uh, which is the CVE-2022-27510. The supported versions of Citrix ADC and Citrix Gateway that are affected by this vulnerability include ADC and Gateway 13.1 before version 13.1-3347, Citrix ADC and Gateway 13.0 before uh, 13.0-88.12, the ADC and Gateway 12.1 before version 12.1.65.21, Citrix ADC 12.1-FIPS before 12.1.55.289 and also Citrix ADC 12.1-NDCPP before version 12.1-55.289. The good news is patches are now available, but it's also a good time to remind you that version 12.1 is end of life and customers on those versions are recommended to upgrade to one of the supported versions. And these vulnerabilities range from uh, providing unauthorized access to gateway user capabilities, pretty big one, remote desktop takeover via phishing uh, with insufficient verification of data authenticity, and also user login uh, brute force protection functionality bypass. So you'll want to patch these as soon as possible. They say additionally and unrelated to the aforementioned CVEs, Security enhancements to help protect customers against HTTP request smuggling attacks have been added in the above versions that I mentioned of Citrix ADC and Citrix Gateway. Customers may enable these enhancements using the Citrix ADC management interface. And a quick heads up by the awesome Rene Bigler, who said that upgrading via the GUI failed for him and Others replied in the thread saying that it failed for them too, so several in the community have said that updating via the GUI has failed, and they had to instead resort to using the the CLI. Rene also said that he had to re-download the license file and apply it after the upgrade. The old licenses did not work anymore. So if you haven't updated your Citrix network appliances yet, just a heads up, you may have to do this. VMware have released security updates to address three critical severity vulnerabilities in the Workspace ONE Assist solution that enables remote attackers to bypass authentication and elevate privileges to administrators. The flaws are tracked as CVE-2022-31685 and 3186 and also 31687. And they've received a 9.8 out of 10 on the severity scale. So obviously, patch. This week, bleepycomputer.com reported on a new Chrome browser botnet named Cloud9 that has been discovered in the wild using malicious extensions to steal online accounts, log keystrokes, inject ads and malicious JavaScript code, and enlist the victim's browser in denial of service attacks. The malicious Chrome extension isn't available on the official Chrome web store, but is instead circulated through alternative channels, such as websites using fake Adobe Flash player updates. That's a throwback. The extension functions in Chrome, but also Chromium browsers like Edge. Infections have been detected globally. And for their part, Google stated users should update to the latest version of the browser and users can also stay better protected from malicious executables and websites by enabling enhanced protection in the privacy and security settings in Chrome. 
Enhanced Protection automatically warns you about potentially risky sites and downloads and inspects the safety of your downloads and warns you when a file may be dangerous. Which, yeah, messages don't really stop people from harming themselves, unfortunately. So I went very long on the VMware announcements when I covered the US Explore event, but its European counterpart was held this week in Barcelona. It was a little hard to decipher what new announcements were made, as some of the content from the US version of the conference and other recent announcements made over the last couple of weeks were repeated here, at least as far as I could see. So for some examples of that, published apps on demand was showcased again, Horizon with Amazon Workspaces was also discussed, which was recently announced by VMware and AWS. But interestingly, it sounds like VMware, much like Citrix, will have a Windows 365 integration play. They mentioned that they'll be using app volumes for app management, uh, also talked about the benefits of using the Blast protocol for your Windows 365 cloud PCs and the benefits of hybrid cloud. There were some other announcements, not as many as the US event, and at least personally, I didn't think any as big as what was announced during the US event. So I'm not gonna go into any more on this episode, but you could check out all the announcements for yourself via VMware's blog, and I'll share a link to that with this episode, which you'll find at fivebytespodcast.com under reference links for this episode, or in the description field for this episode on your podcast platform of choice. Microsoft have officially announced general availability of using FSLogix profiles with Azure Active Directory joined VMs for hybrid users in Azure Virtual Desktop. They say by leveraging Azure AD Kerberos with Azure Files, you can seamlessly access file shares from Azure AD joined VMs and use them to store your FSLogix profile containers. They say with this release, you'll have the ability to configure an Azure Files share with Azure AD Kerberos using a single checkbox. You'll be able to configure Azure AD joint session hosts with Azure AD Kerberos. You'll be able to store FSLogix profile containers in Azure File Shares with Azure AD Kerberos. You'll be able to configure access permissions for hybrid users managed in Active Directory. And you'll be able to remove the network line of sight from the session host to the domain controller. And to get started, they say this new functionality is available on Windows 10, Windows 11, and Server 2022 session hosts. And you can get started with FSLogix on Azure AD joined VMs by following some instructions that they have. They have a page on how to create a profile container with Azure Files and Azure Active Directory. And they also have a demo, and I'll share links to all of that uh, with this episode of the podcast. Uh, Worth noting, Neil McLaughlin, warned that you still need the users to originate from Active Directory, which is pointed out in the announcement where they say that um, it's FSLogix profiles with Azure Active Directory joined VMs for hybrid users in Azure Virtual Desktop. It'll be interesting to see how that skews in the future. Like I imagine most medium to large size enterprises right now are operating with hybrid Azure AD, so it's probably going to be okay for them. Uh, But I would think that for those small companies, for startups who are maybe moving from using something like Okta or uh, using their own small IT and they want to consume in the cloud and they want to use Office 365, they probably don't want to have any Active Directory or legacy domain controllers, uh, whether or not, you know, there's line of sight 
from the session host to the domain controller that's irrelevant uh, they don't want to have domain controllers to begin with they just want azure active directory and the benefits that brings so i guess a little bit of a letdown that it's not just azure ad it's a hybrid required but i guess it's a start This week, Microsoft also published details of the new preview of Azure Private Link with Azure Virtual Desktop. They say with this, you can use a private endpoint from Azure Private Link with Azure Virtual Desktop to privately connect to your remote resources. With Private Link, traffic between your virtual network and the service travels the Microsoft Backbone network, which means you'll no longer need to expose your service to the public internet. Keeping traffic within this Backbone network improves security and keeps your data safe. With the service, you can either share uh, private endpoints across your network topology, or you can isolate your virtual networks or VNets so that each has their own private endpoint to the host pool or workspace. The Microsoft Learn page uh, goes through examples of the different workflows within Azure Virtual Desktop and how Private Link applies to that. And they also have some uh, limitations listed for this preview and supported scenario, so check that out. Earlier in this episode, I mentioned some Windows 10 updates and the fact they aren't available for certain versions of Windows 10. Well, with that in mind, Microsoft have issued another reminder this week that all editions of Windows 10 21H1, also known as May 2021 update, are reaching the end of service next month. Windows customers should upgrade to the latest release as soon as possible. This week, I happened across a follow-up to a story that I covered a couple of times on the podcast in the past. A 25-year-old Finnish man has now been charged with extorting a psychotherapy business and its patients. You may recall that I covered this episode. Uh, It's one of the more bleak uh, cyber attack stories that I've had to cover. In the previous episodes, I covered the fact that he hacked this psychotherapy business and gathered sensitive data that even included notes from the therapy session. So very, very sensitive information, the kind of things that people definitely would not want getting exposed publicly. The psychotherapy business has since gone bankrupt since this story was revealed. And the alleged hacker in this case was Julius Zekil Kivimaki, who is a notorious hacker who, at the age of 17, had been convicted of more than 50,000 cybercrimes, including data breaches, payment fraud, operating botnets, and calling in bomb threats. In late October 2022, he was charged and arrested in absentia with attempting to extort money from the psychotherapy business. Krebs on Security reports suggests that the CEO of the psychotherapy business in October 2020 was relieved of his duties. And then in September, prosecutors brought charges against the CEO for a data protection offense in connection with the company's information leak. It's claimed that they concealed information about the data breach for more than a year and a half, which, yeah, definitely not the way to handle this type of breach. And I hope the clients of the psychotherapy business get justice, and this cyber attacker, Julius, is brought to justice too. The awesome Morris Daly, who is behind the driver automation tool, has put out a call to the community. 
He said that building the driver automation tool over the last six years has been fun, but has required long hours. And in order to ensure the tool is maintained, he's looking for help from you, the community, to make this a true community tool. So if you're interested in contributing to the ongoing success and maintenance of the tool, uh, for sure, reach out and DM Morris on Twitter, and you'll find him on Twitter at M-O-Daily, D-A-L-Y underscore I-T. Congratulations to Alex and the awesome team at E2EVC for what sounded like a very successful event in Athens. And they shared that registration for Ultimate 20th Anniversary Edition of E2EVC is now open. So if you want to get in there early and register for the event that will take place in Berlin, Germany from May 5th to May 7th next year, plus some extra master classes held on May 4th, for sure, go to e2evc.com and start your registration. And a quick reminder that the CUGC in Dublin will be taking place next Thursday, November 17th. It's kicking off at 1.30 p.m. GMT, I believe, and it's going to be a great half-day event. Uh, we're going to hear from Citrix. I'll be speaking there on behalf of Numescent as we're sponsoring the event. And it's going to be held at the Teeling Whiskey Distillery as well. So a very cool venue. And at the end of the event, we're going to be doing a tour of the distillery. So hopefully we'll also get some uh, free samples of the whiskey as well. And also, uh, we'll have a really great giveaway. We're going to be giving away a DJI Mini SE drone which I have a DJI Mini 2 drone, and they're really fun. They're really great to fly, very simple to fly. Uh, if you've never flown a drone before and you're a little nervous about it, this is the ideal situation because one, it's an easy drone to fly, and two, if you win it, you haven't paid for it. So worst thing that happens is you lose something that you didn't pay for. Uh, so hope to see you all there. Uh, register for the event, and I'll share a link with this episode so you can register and attend. And ending the news this week on some business-related stories, and frankly, a major downer, unfortunately. There have been reports of some major layoffs in the tech sector over the last week, including the likes of Twitter, Meta, Zendesk, and more. Where I am in Ireland, we are not yet in a recession, and currently we're not projected to enter a recession even next year in 2023 either, but a lot of countries are entering a recession right now. The way some CEOs in the media here are portraying the layoffs in large tech companies is that it is an act of right-sizing. The likes of Mark Zuckerberg at Meta and the Collisons at Stripe have stated that they overestimated growth and now need to right-size. It is a bit worrying when you look at our industry overall. Obviously, this whole right-sizing is very disruptive. But also, some of the larger companies have been gobbling up more of the market share for themselves while competitors or even partners of those large companies have been taken over by private investment firms, which inevitably leads to products being retired, sold off to other vendors, and staff getting let go. It is not good for employees, and it's not good for customers either, and with the potential for widespread recessions to take hold, it feels like this may just be the start, unfortunately. So just good luck to everyone, and let's all try to support one another. And now this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. First up, the awesome Patrick Matula shared a blog post on 
Elastic Stack for Citrix administrators and getting started. So I think I covered Elastic Stack or some of the Elastic tools on a previous episode of the podcast a long time ago. But it's interesting if you're not familiar with the products and what they can do in terms of like keeping an eye on the components or the infrastructure within your environment, uh, maybe worth a look. Show sponsor ControlUp recently launched the ControlUp user community. And there's a page where you can go and register and you'll be invited to join their Slack workspace for a day-to-day like conversation discussion around the different features and products within ControlUp, just general tech discussion. And also if you need support or help from ControlUp or the community, it might be a good place to go to. Timmy Anderson from TimmyIT.com published a blog this week on blocking Linux enrollment into Microsoft Intune using conditional access. So I recently covered that Intune brought support for managing Linux devices. Well, maybe you don't want to provide the ability to enroll into Intune on Linux devices, at least within your tenant, and you can do that using conditional access. I published a blog this week on modernizing application management for hybrid work styles. So this one goes through kind of high level. I did some research just on some metrics and different reports around hybrid work styles and the way things are going and just IT strategy and corporate strategy around hybrid work styles. And I also talk a little bit about I'm using the new Messen products, mainly Cloud Pager for supporting hybrid work styles going forward. Sean Bolger had a blog post published on modernendpoint.com on migrating AD domain join computers to Azure AD cloud only join. And this is by using what looks like a community tool that is not officially supported by Microsoft, but it is interesting nonetheless. So it kind of reads like not necessarily just going to hybrid join, but going to Azure AD cloud only, which would be very interesting. And finally, the great MMS, which is held in Minnesota, in the Mall of America, has a call for sessions. So if you're interested in speaking at a really well-run conference in a great location uh, with awesome attendees and great conversations, you can submit a session for MMS now. And that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening.